Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Ladies and gentlemen, start your engines. Yeah! Let's go! Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. Presented by Mosing Motor Cars. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Yeah. Uh, Welcome to that? Speed City. Sammy Hagar. Uh-huh. If that hasn't woken you up, what will? I've yeah, forgotten about yeah, that. Yeah, Sammy. That's right. Sammy Hagar. Hey, uh, the episode we told you all about uh, a couple of months ago was on uh, last weekend. Sammy I Hagar's, missed it. You're not kidding me. No. Sammy Hagar's rock and roll road trip on AXSTV, including our own Jonathan Green. Was I on it? You are. I made the cut. You did. i got to get a copy. Have you recorded it for I me, Les? I certainly did. You're certainly a good man. Did. This is Jonathan Green and Les Kaiser. John Massengale. <laughs> I don't even believe I'm going to say this. This is a covert trip. I, well, he's taking, <laughs> taking a day off from the show. Well, and when I say that, I can only hope that he's doing one of two things. He's buying a new Corvette or he's stalking um, Adrian Newey. That's all I can hope. He might be locked in some engineering cabinet. Or he's driving too. Adrian Newey in a Corvette and telling that him... That would be an Aston Martin for Adrian yeah, Newey, though. Anyway, know. John's not here, but we're going to have fun because it's MotoGP weekend, and that means me and Les are in our element. And uh, It's going to be we, some arm wrestling tonight. Uh, first of all, I'm holding a wake, that is, for um, Joe Roberts because he was doing so well. He was up to 17th place. Him and his teammate were battling away in Moto2. Uh, and regardless of where he finishes this season, I'm determined to keep his name and his reputation because he's going to be a world champion. I've said it once. I'll say it again. Joe Roberts um, getting to within, I, I think I want to say four or five laps, of finishing uh, just outside the points. And it could have very nearly been in the points. You know uh, that, but sadly not, crashing out at turn one. And, and I mean it in the best way. That kid is going to break through and it's all going to collect because it's no shortage of talent on his. Well, I, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to the day I say I told you so because... Right. I, and I, it may and not I don't, be that I don't, far away. Yeah, and, and exactly. And I don't think it's going to be that far away. And I don't think I'm sticking my neck out just because we are, of course, hopeful of more Americans uh, in two-wheel racing as we are in four-wheel racing. But I really do feel that um, he's got... He, he's done... He's got the right... He's done the Red Bull rookies. He's gone to Europe. He's done the CV. Um, he's now in Moto2. He's not in uh, that competitive a situation yet, but he's racing against the very best in the world. He did five Grand Prix last year. Yep. Uh, he's doing a full season this year. Uh, he's been there or thereabouts. As you mentioned, um, last time it rained uh, in Argentina, he was right in the top 10. In Austin, um, he was going well, but, he, you know, it's, it's just not, it's not all come together yet, but it will. Absolutely, without a doubt. It's, uh, and, and the other thing he's got going for him, 
just a great personality for the sport. Well, that I think actually, to be honest, he's such, yeah, that I think really does it for me at the moment is that he is a young 21-year-old, good-looking, very marketable, very fast, lots of fun. I hate that guy. Yeah, Eden had to mess with Kevin Schwantz when he came to the circuit saying, hey, have you got some stabilizers on the back of that bike? (laughs) You know, the old man. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. Which was red rag to a bull. Here we go, (laughs) it's like two years ago, Jonathan and I are over at uh, Colin Edwards Boot Camp playing around with him. And, uh, you know, I'm working on foot placement and turns and, and positioning, and I'm still learning it by all means. And at one point, something is between my heel and the peg my heel is supposed to be on. And it turns out it's Joe's front Joe's, tire. Joe's front tire. <laughs> and I look back at him, and I can see him grinning and laughing at me. So. Well, the thing is, he's a boy's boy because he's also grown up in a family of brothers. He's in a band. He's a bass player. He's done all the right things, and he's an L.A. boy. And anyway, we'll go on about Joe. I hate Sadly, that he didn't make it today, but uh, keep an eye on Joe Roberts, number 16 in the Moto2 Championship. But you bet. He's a great guy. In MotoGP, plenty to talk about. Ooh. Actually, I'll finish it off Moto2 because Alex Marquez fell. I didn't see any pigs fly, but somebody did. Yeah, but by everything fly. Unfortunately, Danny Pedrosa was flying, uh, unfortunately, in MotoGP. But uh, again, Marquez writes another chapter in the book, and then proves he can't dance. I don't know what on earth he was doing in his celebrations, but... uh, I I found one person that dances worse than I do. Yeah. But he's a world champion, so that probably trumps it. According to Matt Burt, the uh, commentator, he was flossing, evidently. Whatever that means. I'm, yeah, uh, I, I'm not even going to hazard on. a guess. Let's move on. Bottom line is Mark Marquez won again, as he did in Austin, and he now leads the championship with 70 points ahead of Johan Zarco, who again um, got 58 points. But and, uh, Maverick Vinales is now, sorry, uh, Johan Zarco got on the podium and he's now still second in the championship, the top Yamaha. And Maverick Vinales is third in the championship. Ian Oni gets a podium today. He's still fourth in the championship. Divisioso is down to fifth now because of a crash. Now, if you saw the race, and I'm sure many of you did, we had a somewhat unique uh, crash at Drysack that I haven't seen uh, in, a, in a long time. In that it's always a tight corner, but three riders going down, and I don't. It's it's hard to apportion blame. Bottom line is, a Dovi hit uh, Jorge Lorenzo, or Lorenzo hit uh, whichever way you look around of it. Danny Pedrosa goes up the inside, and all three of them go out. But more importantly, Danny Pedrosa lands on that broken uh, right arm again. So I just hope he's okay. But you know. Uh, it- they categorized it a racing incident. <clears throat> but uh, if I were to, to stick blame on somebody, I'm going to say it was the last guy to the party that charged into the inside of the turn too Danny. fast. Danny. Okay, that's interesting you say that. Um, because I, I want to call it a racing incident, and I agree with Steve Day, the commentator at the time, said absolutely racing incident because um, I agree. I, you're right, got last guy to the party, but I think he was completely unsighted. He was on the inside. Um Anyway, we could let, let, tell you what do. I don't think he could carry the speed and exit correctly, but we're going to have to bring in our moderator tonight. Well, we're, we're going to have to bring in our moderator. Let's first of all, who is going to be? We got we got. I've 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 got the checkbook out and gone I've gone top called, to bottom in the earth. I've gone and found a world champion who's knocked a few guys off at that actual corner many times before. His name's Steve Martin. He'll be calling in in a minute. But let's talk to the guys who were involved in the incident. Um, starting with Jorge Lorenzo, followed by Danny Pedrosa, and then followed by Dovi, and get all three takes on who they thought was to blame for the incident. 
Well, I don't want. I, I know it's the, it's the more shock uh, thing that happened on the race, but I don't want to to value so much this because it was a a clearly bad luck for the three riders. Uh, we understand we are the three more clean riders of the championship, and today we've been very unlucky, the three of us. Uh, so I don't want to uh, to say it's, it's your fault, to, because uh, we are always very clean. So very bad luck, especially for. For Andrea and, and Ducati, who they are fighting for the championship, so this is why I'm uh, disappointed. So I was just waiting uh, there every, every lap, uh, trying to to see if at the end of the race, with the better tires, I, I can uh, make some better pace. Uh, and also waiting if they make a mistake. But finally they, they do a couple of mistakes, I try to benefit, but... Uh, in the last uh, in the last action uh, they both went went white and i go in in and the next thing i know is a boom uh, a big hit with jorge uh, unfortunately and this end up uh, with a crash of, of, of all three uh, we all three were doing a very very good race and i'm very sad and disappointed for for me but also for them uh, they they did also a good race. Unfortunately, the the, the collision make our race uh, with zero points, and especially for for Dobby, who is more better in the championship. Uh, uh, but uh, you know, uh, and also it's quite uh, strange because, especially, Dobby, Lorenzo, and I are not riders who get uh, this uh, style of riding but unfortunately uh, we all finish without points uh, i was unlucky uh, i was i i break very late i was a little bit long and uh, both mi uh, did a mistake i think uh, danny is the rider behind so he can manage better the, uh, the situation and he didn't because he entry too fast uh, and I think this happened, Jorge and uh, Dani, because they they was they was too too on the limit, and they had to do something in the battle, and both they did a mistake. Uh, Jorge, uh, I think, uh, also he did a small mistake because he didn't really care about the the, the inside line because he was a little bit out of the line. It's true. Uh, from the helmet is impossible to see inside but you have to take care and he didn't uh, but this happened I think because uh, in the pit board uh, they didn't uh, um, say to him uh, we were three riders but this uh, is, uh, is, is from the rider the rider decide what he want on the on the pit board and he don't want that but I think this is a mistake and this is the reason why it happened today <laughs> Do you know, I'm only laughing because we're hearing very different opinions. Right. Though a lot of them the same. But what I love about Dovi is he's blamed everybody but himself. He blamed, first of all, his teammate, Jorge mm -hmm. Lorenzo. Right. He then blamed Danny uh, because, you know, Danny was too fast. Uh, then he blames his pit crew for not putting in on the pit. It's everybody's fault but Dovi's. Um, are you any clearer? Be are quiet. you any clearer? Yeah, yeah. Are you any Dovey, clearer? please be quiet. <laughs> you know. We, we don't want to hear that part. And by it, the way, I totally disagree with him because Danny uh, was a long way back, but when he was hit, he was on the race line on the inside. Uh, there was no way he was too late into that corner. They had both gone wide by battling each other. 
they had. I honestly don't think Danny could carry that line, though, because of the speed he carried in. He did carry the line. He was on the line. He was going to... I'm mean, not sure he could have made it out the exit. He was already through the apex. Uh, He's only about 4.2 inches high. <laughs> He's fine. He was right there, man. He was hanging all on. Right, he was good. All right. I wish we could show video on the radio. <laughs> anyway, that was the controversy. If you want to join the conversation, call us on 512-643-LIVE. That's 5483. And you'll get a chance to go for a beer with Les and discuss it further. And buy it. <laughs> but uh, if you want to also join in, Facebook, chime in on today's yeah, that's a good post point. for let's, today's let's show, conversation and going. we're monitoring that during the show as well. Speedcaster, at Speedcaster, that's our Twitter as well. Uh, and anyway, uh, there's plenty of controversy to talk about. We've got so much to talk about. We're going to take a short break, because after the break, we're going to bring on a world champion who I know must have taken somebody else out at that corner at Hareth. Join us on Speed City after this. The Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MV Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MV Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Mosing Motor Cars is Texas's only authorized dealer for Superformance products. Superformance's Mark III is the only Cobra replica built under license from Carroll Shelby. There's no finer example of a Cobra around. Mosing and Superformance is your supplier for all the great race cars of history. The GT40, the Mark III Cobra, the Corvette Grand Sport, and the Shelby Cobra Daytona Coupe. Mosing Motor Cars, 2420 West Breaker Lane, online at mosingmotorcars.com. Superformance and Mosing Motor Cars. Drive yourself happy. Dirtfish Rally School is the nation's most prestigious driving school, offering seven days a week, year-round driver education for 15-year-olds with no driving experience to amateur racers and professional drivers. Our professional instructors never judge a student based on who they are, where they're from, or their driving background. We'll keep you and your family safe on the road, or better, at the racetrack. Feel confident behind the wheel, no matter the situation, no matter what you've done, or where you've done it, or how well you've done it. We'll make you better. Listen to Talk 1370 anytime, anywhere on the Radio.com app. Roger Hayden, Factory Yoshimura Suzuki. This is Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City, presented by Mosing Motor Cars. Thank you, Roger, and thank you, Brittany. And you may have noticed our producers on the button tonight. 
And thank you, Radio Technology, for not sharing a view of Jonathan's dance steps <laughs> hey, in studio. There is goodness son. in radio. Just one the reason why. Facebook Live. <laughs> yeah. Yes, one of the uh, reasons we're not on Facebook Live. Listen, Britney's <laughs> coming. That's the point. And so is Bruno Mars. Here to the Circuit of the Americas in October next year. Uh, tickets on sale for the Formula One. Come on, let's get down there because Saturday night is Bruno Mars. Sunday night is Britney Spears. What more can you want? And a bit of Alonzo Hamilton thrown in in between. Oh, yeah. I think it'll be a, a, a great weekend, obviously, but uh, that uh, that's a cool lineup of music. Well, one man I know who always dances to that kind of music is the one and only, because we, we said we needed a proper opinion on this. Right? So we've got the satellite feeds together, we've put some extra cash up, and we've gone all the way down under to Monday Morning Man, Steve Martin, who's ridden Ducatis. He's ridden Suzuki's. He's ridden Hareth. Yamaha's, and he's certainly ridden Hareth and knows that corner well and is a world champion in endurance. Steve Martin, welcome once again to Steve Speed City. Hey guys, so good to be here with you. And uh, you know what? I've even crashed on that corner, so I know what it feels <laughs> like to, to bite the dust right there. But um, Jonathan, it's not very often I find myself agreeing no, with you. No, um, Listening to what you had to say, um, you know, you're completely right. Um, hey. This is what. Can you hear me okay there or not? Yeah, stand on one leg. Are you? You're still out down under, yeah? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just yeah, turn yeah. your phone. Am, just I turn am. your phone round, and then you'll be able to see us okay. You don't you, you don't want to know what I'm doing. Um, okay. Like, obviously, you, you rang me this morning to say, Steve, come on the show and give us your opinion, which I thought, yep, no worries. I'll just dig one more hole because my fence post has rotted. So I thought, I'll just dig that one hole. And I did. And I hit the mains water pipe. So I'm now waiting. I've got a big fountain out the front of my house waiting for um, a truck to come and fix it. Not that that bothers you, but uh, that's the, the rest of my day here. You know, but I, I now, I to often, I often, Why get a world I, champion not afford to go find I, somebody exactly. to dig water? I often get asked post. by yeah. fans about the life of the glamorous motorsport world champions, and now I can confirm this is what they get up to of a Monday morning in Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was just annoying me. You know, one of those things that annoys you, the post was you know a little bit wobbly, so I hit it with my trusty um, pick, and um, yeah, now now I've got a water feature, so it's um, it's pretty exciting stuff. Well, the neighbors my are place. All, the, all the neighbors are loving it because it's like shooting up and over the like it's a full on high pressure. Yeah. Meanwhile, you're 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 turning around, putting your finger on the hole, and telling our fans and uh, and uh, listeners exactly your take on the dry sack incident, which was a Ducasta, as I'm calling it, a Ducati disaster. That is correct. Obviously, um, what happened was uh, Lorenzo, who was in second position, and this is just this is a fact, right? I'm not even going to like muck around here. Lorenzo was in second position, heading into the corner, hit the brakes. Uh, everybody knows that at Jerez, Lorenzo is just a weapon. You know, even you know he's he's won there many times in the past. He's gone into that corner, and this weekend, Dovi, who thinks generally for the last two years has been able to outbreak Lorenzo at any corner he wants to, has gone up uh, gone up the inside, gone past him, uh, didn't expect Lorenzo to break so late. He's uh, pushed Lorenzo slightly wide. Uh, he's gone really wide. And in the meantime, Pedrosa, who's been on the boil all weekend with great race pace, has been just unable to get past those Ducatis 
obviously because of the superior speed that the the Italian factory's been able to get out of those bikes. The one thing that Honda has got is corner speed. It's got corner speed, corner entry, handling. That's its advantage. Pedraza saw a clear line through. He said, oh, yeah, I'll just nip up the inside there. Um, and uh, the timing was all wrong um, for, uh, you know, for those two guys to come together. So Lorenzo clipped um, Pedrosa, and then it was just a matter of Skittles, Skittles uh, galore. And um, Dovey, who seems to be whinging the most out of all of them, who was the one who made the initial mistake, um, got taken out as well. So uh, meanwhile, out front, bad boy Marquez uh, takes another victory pretty easily this time. So you're saying, as we're saying, racing incident, and also Dovey is completely wrong saying that Danny was going too fast. He was on the inside line. I mean, he was on he was on fire. Dov- yeah. Pedrosa didn't even have one moment. He was on the exact line. He was probably already on the throttle exiting the corner, if you know what I mean. And um, I don't think he would have seen Lorenzo, and I don't think Lorenzo saw him. It was just the angle, the, the angles that these guys carry over, uh, you know, nearly 60 degrees nowadays. Um, yeah, he wouldn't have seen him, would at he? The speed that, no, at the speed that they've come together, it's just a classic, you know, just a racing incident. One of those things that happens. It's quite a slow corner compared to the rest of the track. You've just come off that uh, downhill um, main straight, which isn't very long. And the thing with the Harass circuit is it's very difficult to overtake. So you can't, you know, you've got to take your opportunities when they arise. And that's what Pedrosa did. He thought, well, those two guys are wide. I am a long way back, but uh, I'll nip through. They'll see me back off, let me through. Um, and that was that. Uh, they, you know, they all went down, and um, it was um, good news for Johan Zarco, who, who was nowhere near expecting to be on the podium, and also for Ian Oney on the Suzuki. Suzuki having a good year. Yeah, no question. I, I want to ask you about that. Suzuki are having a good year, uh, three podiums in a row. Is this sort of, I mean, we had Kevin, you know, at the MotoGP here in Austin, and obviously he talks uh, Suzuki all day long because he's a Suzuki world champion. Um, but what about yeah. Suzuki? Are they, you know, are they finally there or is this just Ian Oni? I think that, um, you know, the Suzuki's improving. I think in MotoGP nowadays, uh, the improvement, it's that difficult to improve that uh, to the level. Like one weekend you you don't win and the next weekend you win. That just doesn't happen by changing one part. What happens is slow development, slow progress, and then all of a sudden the, you get close to the podium for a few races and then you get onto the podium. They've been on the podium now for three times. I'll bite. This one was lucky. You know, he wouldn't. He wouldn't have been. He would have been sixth or seventh if, um, you know, if you know the other guys had finished. So it's not like it was a. He was dicing for a podium position, but uh, the progress is on the up and up. So I think that um, you know Suzuki and uh, they've really picked the ball game up. Um, David Abrivio there. He knows exactly what it's, what he's doing and how to make a a bike fast. Of course, he was with Yamaha for a long time, so. Um, you know, he knows what he's doing. It's just a matter of um, budgets uh, improving and then also the rider getting confidence. I mean, Ian Oney coming off a shocker of a year last year, um, three podiums in a row now, That's that's got to bolster his, um, uh, you know, confidence uh, greatly. And I, I believe that he's going to go from strength to strength. I don't think the Suzuki's there yet to win unless, uh, you know, there's special circumstances like we had today. But, you know, I think that Inoni is definitely on the up and up. 
Well, Steve, I've, I've got to uh, disregard Mark Marquez's dance moves coming across the finish oh, line. Oh, it's as good as mine. But, well, like I said, I've got somebody who <laughs> dance better than. But uh, what you talk about someone's consistent delivery. You know, they're on the podium or they win one week, and the next race they're out. Marquez is off and on, it seems, this year, just in his uh, no, mental stability. Not just the bike, either. <laughs> yeah, just in his mental stability in the racing situation. What's going on in well, his head? Well, he's definitely st stable in getting penalties, as we saw at the, uh, the Circuit of Americas a couple of weeks ago, isn't he? Um, got a few penalties there. Uh, and Argentina. There. I think, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, Marquez is... He's just one of those, you know, they talk about the aliens and, you know, the special riders and all that. Well, it's very hard to be an alien now because the bikes are so good. Do you know what I mean? The bikes are more, a lot more the limiting factor than they used to be um, with all the traction control settings and things that they've got. But I just think that Marquez just is a, a guy that can comfortably push uh, the front and get its really sliding going into a corner and be comfortable with it. I don't think there's too many other guys that can do that. Other people need more grip to ride than what he does. So Marquez is, uh, he's just, he's hes an alien on his own ride at the moment to be able to, to ride the way that he does. Um, obviously, he's a lot more stable. He's older now than he was a few years ago. If you remember, like a few years ago, he was a, a winner or Bennett man. Uh Perhaps last year, of yes, he won, but last year I think the the bike wasn't that good. You know, like he, he took his um, chances when he had to, um, and then was happy to finish second or third when he when he couldn't. But uh, this year the bike's right. Um, he's cocky, and um, you know when he's cocky, the bike's right, and the Honda uh, gets rolling. They're a very hard team to stop, and uh, this not non-finish for Davizioso is um, a big big blow not just for Ducati for this race, but for the whole year. It's going to be hard for them now. They've got to play catch-up. And, um, you know, it's not so easy. I mean, Ducati need everything to go their way to keep up with, with Marquez at the moment. And, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I just, I, I don't know. I think Marquez has just got that uh, a little bit extra. Well, he's, he's no question an alien. He's got four four arms and three legs and five legs, but I, he is a human tripod. I mean, another save today as he came out of turn four, I think it was. Uh, yeah, I mean, crazy. Any, anybody, any human would never have saved that, including Steve Martin. And I see him done some pretty good saves. Yeah, um, you, know what, you know what, though? He's growing up in a different era to a lot of guys where stuff, you know, it's just, if you think back to to Mike Halwood and, and the older generation of riders. Whose record he equaled uh, today with 37 uh, wins. Well, that's right, yeah. Th those guys, they didn't move their bum in the seat, you know what I mean? Like, they sat in the seat, and then somebody, I think it was Kenny Roberts, came along um, and started hanging his knee out. I think there was actually someone before Kenny Roberts, whose name's escaped me now, but um, sorry to them. Um, but, you know, like, people were looking at that and thinking, oh, my God, look at that. And and then, you know, the first electronics came along and people had to get used to that. And then we moved into the four-stroke era um, where Valentino Rossi was the first guy to, um, you know, master the big four-strokes, the 1,000cc four-strokes. Well, Marquez hasn't had to master anything, really. He's come into MotoGP uh, and into road racing relatively recently with all this modern technology that can save your butt so he doesn't have the same fear factor it's an interesting in fact, that yeah. a lot of guys have got yeah it's an interesting way of looking at it yeah <laughs> good I, yeah, I just thought as you were describing and mentioning all that just thought of 
the only thing I can really say that has changed in the past uh, six, eight years has been the proliferation of air suits. Do you think guys are getting a well, little more ballsy over that? Probably the things, the, the two major things that have happened uh, in the last, you know, five or six years have been, well, yeah, the air suits for safety, but also the aerodynamics. Apart from that, not a lot's changed. It's been, um, except for obviously the tire manufacturers and the tires. Um, so the aerodynamic packages now, um, as we see in F1, they really do make a difference, and that, that's um, you know it's part of part and parcel of having to set your bike up now is to, to figure out whether you want an aero package or not. Um, you know some guys like them, some guys don't. Uh, they're built into the fairings nowadays, so it's it's part of it. But you can sort of like adjust it and turn it on or turn it off. So, but. You know, I mean, Marquez has never had to ride a 1,000cc motorcycle without traction control. He doesn't know. If you think back to the days of Kevin Schwantz, I mean, yeah, yeah, if you yeah. ask how many, you know, did he lose the front or did he high side? All of those guys that rode the 502 strokes, um, go do yourself a favour, look on YouTube uh, and watch the 502 strokes. They never lose the front. They always just like high side to oblivion yeah. because, um, you know, 200 horsepower, similar sort of, well, 60 or 60 horsepower less but still a lot of horsepower but with right. no traction control um you know those guys really got uh, you know something that marquez has never had to deal with well steve i know you've got a you know you've probably got to clean up the neighborhood now as things you're flooding it right now uh but i've got two questions for you real in fast fast factor but i love having you on the show because of the fact that you don't mince your words i gotta ask you about crutchlow and we've talked about him since he was with us in super bikes and super sport as a world champion but he he really is the epitome of winning a bin it i mean he, he keeps saying don't doubt me but i'm still doubting yeah, I mean, you know, he's been around for a long time now. Uh, but, you know, just when you think that uh, it's the end for Cal Crutchlow, he does something special. I mean, he is having a great year this year. Um, you know, uh, and last year. He always when does you say something a great every year, year. I mean, you know, he won in Argentina, but what else? Well, I think when you're a privateer and you win a race, okay, it's, out, a pretty good, it's a pretty good thing, you know. I'm like, being uh, tough, I'm being tough. Oh, you, you are. I mean, the thing is that he's been around for a long time. I think you can count out the fact with Crutchlow that he's ever going to be in a position to win the world championship. Like, that's gone. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's you really not going do to be believe that? You don't, you don't think he's got it? Well, it's not that he's – I think everyone has, like, a time frame, except for Valentino Rossi. Like, he just could probably <laughs> go until he's 60 or, 60 or even as old as you, Jonathan. But, uh, Whoa, steady. There's no need for that on a Monday morning in Melbourne. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I'm still annoyed about my water leak. Anyway, I can believe that. Yeah. Um, yeah so, you know, I, I I just think Crutchlow now. I think he's probably also accepted it. You know what I mean? Like like perhaps Danny Pedrosa has accepted the fact that, you know, he's a good rider, but he's probably never going to beat, you know, Marquez. I mean, his days. Yeah. His days are gone. He's already had his opportunities to win. And some people, I mean, you know, Randy Mamela, who was just yeah. put into the Hall of Fame, uh, he never won, but boy, he was a legend. And there yeah. are so many legends of our sport that, um, for one reason or another, you know, like did probably three of the most selfish motorbike riders I know, Valentino, Rossi, Mick Dillon and Marquez, you know, yeah. like they've they've made a lot of people finish second for a lot of years. Well, listen, Steve, you've got to mend a water leak. Uh, we got to go and take a break. Uh, either way, uh, we're knee-deep in water. But talking of deep water, Jorge Lorenzo, George, is 20th in the championship. Can he come back from that? <sighs> You know what? 
I don't think, yes, he was on a good result uh, this time out at Hareth, but Hareth is a specific track for him. He always goes good at that circuit. Um, can he come back? No, he can't come back this year. But, you know, he's had a couple of, you know, parts delivered. We're going to have to wait another couple of races to see if he's a consistent podium finisher. But it's got to be hard for him. I honestly think he needs to, if, he's, if he still wants to do it, he needs to change motorcycles. Because for whatever reason, the Ducati is a finicky bike, which some people can ride and some people can't. He's in hot water. Steve Martin's deep in Melbourne water, and we're going to take a water break. Steve Martin, thank you so much for coming on the show. Come on anytime. Come on next week. Come on the week after. Come on the week after that, and uh, keep us informed. Hey, Steve, what are you? Uh, what are you doing? We've got to tell people where to find you right now. Oh yeah, what's what are you up besides to? a finger in the water pipe? Uh, what am I doing? Well, I'm obviously a, um, obviously doing the Australian Superbike Championship, which you can watch on uh, live streaming. Um, we've just had our third round. And for the first time ever, uh, the Asian Road Racing Championship, which is uh, growing in stature, joined um, our series down under. So we had both uh, championships um, on the same weekend uh, in a four-day event at a brand-new road race circuit down here called The Bend. Um Massive uh, complex, $100 million complex, not as big as, um, you know, your track that you've got down the road there. Uh, It's uh, not Texas, so, yeah, we get it. Texas, but but, uh, still, it's uh, one of the um, 7.9K long uh, track or the 4.0, sorry, 5.4K long, so different options of track as well. So, um, you know, there's a lot of new stuff happening down here. And Bayless, is he still, still going? Bayless, he just got on the podium, mate. Mate, he just got on the podium. He's unbelievable. But I tell you, we've got some pretty, we've got some pretty talented riders down here, like very, very fast. So Bayless is um, on a mission. Uh, he did get on the podium, but the next race he high sided and and broke a couple of ribs and a finger. So, you know, he's what is he? Forty now? Forty? Forty two? Uh, getting closer to 50, mate. He's 49. <laughs> He's 49. I love it. Troy Bayliss still racing yeah, in the Australian uh, Superbike Championship, and that is coming from a, a former Australian champion, Steve Martin. Hey, Steve, thanks so much for coming on the show again. Get back to your knee-deep in water. He's going round the bend, Steve <laughs> Martin, and uh, thanks for coming on the show, buddy. Pleasure. See you soon, guys. Take care, buddy. All right, Steve Martin telling us how it is in Hareth and how it is in MotoGP, and he's going round the bend. I love it. We'll take a short break here on Speed City. We'll be right back. The Austin East KOA Campground, just 15 minutes from Circuit of the Americas and downtown Austin, and just two minutes from the Travis County Expo Center and Central Texas Fishing in Decker Lake, featuring amenities for every style of camping, from tent sites to luxury RV pull-throughs and cabins, plus a pool, showers, and laundry. Nestled in tall oak trees on the edge of the hill country, all the pleasures of the Lone Star State await you at Austin East KOA. To make your reservation, visit austineastkoa.com. The racetrack. It's where legends are born. Where only the finest machines earn their reputation for innovation and dominance. Such are the nameplates you'll find at Aston Martin of Austin, Lotus of Austin, Bentley Austin and Rolls-Royce Motorcars. Austin exotic, iconic automobiles whose racing heritage turns everyday driving into an inspiring journey. Because you're never just along for the ride. Highway 183 north of McNeil Road. 
Dirtfish Rally School is the nation's most prestigious driving school, offering seven days a week, year-round driver education from 15-year-olds with no driving experience to amateur racers and professional drivers. Our professional instructors never judge a student based on who they are, where they're from, or their driving background. We'll keep you and your family safe on the road, or better, at the racetrack. Feel confident behind the wheel, no matter the situation, no matter what you've done, or where you've done it, or how well you've done it. We'll make you better. This is Magnus Walker. Greetings from downtown LA and thanks for tuning in to Speed City. Keep Austin weird and get out and drive. Pedal to the metal. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Yeah, Magnus and Brittany. Nah, there's a combo. Wow. I, I don't know why you would make that combo. Another reminder, Britney Spears is coming to Austin, Texas, to the Circuit of the Americas on Sunday night of the Formula One, and it should be an absolute cracker. Bruno Mars, Saturday night, uh, and I'm sure it's pretty much like last year. If you get a three-day ticket, you're in. In like sin. It'd be awesome. It's oh, be yeah. Fun. Yeah, ab- absolutely. It's going to be phenomenal. And, and during that break, you heard... My little secret I've been turning friends on to. No. And that is the new campground. That ah, is here. yeah, go ahead. Austin East KOA campground. I kid you not. Why is if it a secret, are, though? Why? Because it's not big and high profile, and it's tucked away in the oak trees 15 minutes from Coda, 15 minutes from Congress Avenue. So it's beyond, it's not towards the city, it's away. It is between downtown and Coda, but directly east. Perfect. And so you go out the back door of the property of the campground. Yep. And pull up on 130 right there. You don't even have to go through that mess down by the airport. I like it. It's right there. Bring your fishing rod because two minutes the other direction is a great fishing lake. Wait a minute. You can go racing, fishing, and hanging out in an RV by the fire. Yeah. Or a cabin or a tent or bring your Alonzo. Can we do the the show out there? We could. Is there there any mains or anything? There's a pool. There's a community room. All right. Call Kevin. We're going down there. Yeah. Yeah. We just, you know. Dang it. All I've got is a tent for two, and I'm not sharing with you. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, we've turned our attention to um, the phenomena that is Mark Marquez. Uh, also, congratulations to Valentina Rossi. Rossi very upset, though. They're testing tomorrow, and he made an interesting comment because Yamaha, uh, he got basically the points he got today because of the fact that those three went out. Uh, but Rossi said, we're testing at Jerez tomorrow, but we're testing the wrong parts. Yamaha have got a bunch of new parts, and he says, forget all that. That is that is just 25% of what's wrong. What we need is 75% of looking at the electronics. So Yamaha, he said it now. He's got come out at round four and said it. He said it like nobody's business. Yamaha is not right, and it's all because of electronics. Wow. <laughs> uh, who is it that signs his check again? Uh, Yamaha. Well, yeah, yeah. How many world titles has he got? <laughs> Nine. Can, uh, he, can he be the Muhammad Ali of, uh, of uh, say what he thinks, of I, MotoGP? I would certainly yes. love to see him do it. But I, honestly, uh, that's uh, strong words against the guy that's signing your check. 
Well, listen, I've got some big news for motor racing fans, especially if you're a Spanish fan of the two-time world champion that is Fernando Alonso. He is trying to do what Graham Hill is probably the only man in history to do, which is win at Monaco, win at the Indy 500, and, of course, win at Le Mans. And he started that venture today in the most amazing fashion in his first outing in the LMP1 Toyota TS050 he won the six hours of Spa, the first round of the super season of the World Endurance Championship, along with uh, Kazuki Nakajima and Sebastian Buemi. Not a bad lineup. And it was a Toyota 1-2. Yeah, how, how cool is that? I mean, this is, uh, this is pointing at the fence and swinging big, and he proved he can hit a home run. Great partners in it. Uh, they had him in the stint to cross the line himself. Yeah. Gotta love that. Oh, yeah. And by the way, he's never won in Formula One at Spa. That's crazy. But he had the knowledge, man. There were some ugly offs uh, up there as well. Uh, Fords didn't didn't end up too straight in that. But uh, the Al Rouge really uh, upset a couple of the cars coming off that top. That's a a great track. If you ever get the opportunity to go to Spa, go. I went and I just sat there at Al Rouge and just imagined what that was exactly, like. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Congratulations also to Rebellion uh, in their LMP1. Of course, there's the hybrid. I mean, because you know, people are saying, well, Toyota are the only big boys there now, and that's true. But, hey, if the competition go home and take their ball home, too bad. So I hope that Toyota keep rolling through this, win every race of the season, and win Le Mans. And I hope that uh, Alonso does it. But uh, second place, uh, Kobayashi Conway uh, and Jose Maria Lopez, the Argentinian. That was second place, again, in the Toyota hybrid. And then Lotter Senna and Yanni. So congratulations to that combination. And that is a good combination. Of course, Lotterer uh, coming effectively uh, and joining Bruno Senna and Neil Yanni. So that is the sort of Porsche, uh, Audi. I mean, it's all there. Bruno Senna, ex-Formula One. Uh, it's all, all all good stuff. And I think um, Gustavo Menezes for American fans, right behind them in the uh, other Rebellion car with his teammates of Matthias Besch and Thomas Laurence. But Gustavo Menezes, who's already an LMP2 champion on his way. A little further down, um, I'm trying to see who won in um, uh, LMP1, but it's a good battle for for the front men. Sadly, um, a retirement for Harry Tinknell in the Ford. Uh, but Ferrari, Porsche, Aston Martin, as always, and uh, BMW also in the GTE, uh, fighting hard. But coming out on top in that one, it was the Ford GT of Stefan Mucha, Olivier Pla, and Billy Johnson, the Americans. So good to see uh, them in action. But we do have the man himself. Here's what Alonso had to say after he won uh, uh, for the first time in uh, the six hours of Spa. And he was. we were talking to him just after the, the race was over. And he's on the podium and he wasn't going to leave it. I was telling the guys before, you know, a long time that I, I was not in the podium, so I will be here all night, lo- all night long, you know, until tomorrow morning. <laughs> did enjoy, did enjoy, you know, the race was uh, a little bit chaotic with the safety cars and things like that, so regroup the, the things uh, a couple of times, but, uh, you know, I think we kept uh, the lead, you know, just uh, on the last uh, couple of laps, so, you know, car uh, seven, car eight, uh, one, two, uh, in qualifying, one, two in the race, perfect start for the team. 
Not a bad start at all. Uh, his first win in WEC and his first outing in WEC. But I also think that psychologically for him, he's getting some points. He's not been out of the points in Formula One with McLaren. Uh, they're getting an upgrade. Uh, what? Which is, you know, another... what, what was the power plant of this car? <laughs> it's a Toyota. Oh, okay. That That's not like McLaren's cousin or something. Hey, right? hey, hey. The Acuras were winning in IMSA today, so don't uh, worry. I don't well, okay. know what they're doing. All righty. Congrats, Alonzo. That, that's cool. And uh, glad to see it. You know, he pulled the Babe Ruth mo move on this, that I want to win that, and he went and did it. So It's going to be a long year, though. They were putting up his schedule, uh, given that he's doing both Formula One and the Super Season. The Super Season, just so you understand it, in WEC, is the World Endurance Championship, which started this weekend at Spa, will go to um, effectively do this year and next. Uh, the season will finish next June. Yeah, it's more than a Le calendar Mans. year. Yeah, so the Super Bowl, effectively, of world endurance racing or sports car racing will be next June, um, and it'll include Sebring, and it'll include Spa again um, before the finale. So that's kind of cool. There you go. He's learned his way to the podium there. Good one. Yeah, really happy for Fernando Alonso. So hey, uh, in the world of sports cars, we can't miss. we got to say uh, congrats to our part of the Speed City family, more speed. Oh, good, yeah. Took their car up to fourth place at the hands of Will Hardeman. Again, he's Congrats. flying. Congrats. You are up there, buddy. Congrats from That's the an Austin boy. That's an it. Austin story. I love it. You bet. Well, listen, we're going to take a short break here on Speed City. Uh, if you've got any thoughts, if you uh, still want to take us up on that beer with uh, Les, it's 512-643-5483. We'll be right back with some more Bruno Mars and Britney Spears. The Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MV Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MV Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Listen to Talk 1370 anytime, anywhere with the all-new Radio.com app. Check your phone's app store or visit Talk1370.com slash app. Baby, can't you see? Hi, this is Jay Leno from jaylenosgarage.com, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Mr. Green, please return to your seat for the remainder of this show. <laughs> I didn't see the seatbelt sign. Hey, back Engineer, off, me and there, Brittany. Okay, thank you. Ding. It's Ding. on. It's on, is it? Fair enough. 
Um, listen, welcome back to Speed City. We On the last uh, few minutes of this show, and maybe you can join the conversation, as we say, 512-643-LIVES. That's 5483. Uh, give us your opinion, because the big news story in Formula One this week uh, does involve the United States, because uh, Liberty Media, uh, in the pursuit of happiness, have decided that they are going to Miami. Miami. What do you think? See, si. see. Si. Well, uh, as I uh, drove around Miami this week. Oh, I see. So, so it's your fault. I, I was there. Okay. I, I will say, Miami is an international town. It uh, is really interesting. A lot of entertainment. Folks from you know, it is an international cultural town. And uh, I love the Art Deco and all the classic cars and things like that around it. I could see this working out to be kind of an American version of Monaco, to be quite honest. Yes, and uh, I think they thought of Singapore that way, and it has kind of become the sort of jewel in the crown of the, mm. the Far East. So, yes, I hear you. Um, go ahead. You know, the uh, from a track perspective, yes, it's a street circuit, so it's got its limitations. But uh, the only elevation there is is a bridge going over the water. Uh, It's truly a a couple of feet of elevation otherwise. And so that doesn't give you the characteristics that you're going to see on so many other things. You're not going to see that in Monaco. Uh, You know, Singapore doesn't have that big of an elevation change either, but it's still quite exciting. Is Is a night race the way to go? I'd love it if it was actually in the area of the Art Deco region of Miami, but it's actually up. If you've been to Miami or you've watched the Miami Heat, it's right there around that big stadium venue. Yeah, that's the other thing. It's right right, right by the NBA stadium, right? Sure. And if, uh, you know, so there's a major road that goes through and it's Biscayne and that goes right by the stadium. The other one that runs almost 90 degrees to it crosses the bridge, Port Boulevard, goes out to the cruise ships right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the track will gen- uh, generally be shaped like a T. Okay. But you I know. actually quite, I mean, I'm thinking in terms of modern Formula One circuits, Herman Tilke right down the road here here in Elroy, you need those long straights because Formula One, uh, and funnily enough, they've just signed into uh, uh, effectively rules for next year to try to create more overtaking. But that is the, the, the scourge, if you will, of modern Formula One is overtaking. And so that the way they, uh, uh, you know, basically overplay that is to have a really long straight followed by a very, very tight corner. And it looks as though, looking at the layout of this, and the bridge that you mentioned going over the water will create two massively long straights, which is rare on a street circuit, but it will play into the hands of potential overtaking and drafting and so on and so forth with DRS. It will. Spectators, uh, you're going to be in grandstands if you're not on a boat with a very high bridge on it, uh, Helmsman Bridge. Uh, the other, there's several uh, apartment, condo buildings, hotel buildings lined up on uh, Biscayne right there. Great place. Would be really cool to be looking down upon the race there. I think you're going to have a lot of elevation views uh, as far as televised as we do some of the other races that are in that same model. Yeah, and just in case, I mean, I've been reading local paper here uh, with the comments from Katja Heim and from uh, Bobby Epstein, who, of course, run the circuit here at the Circuit of the Americas, and you might think that they would be 
you know, uh, kind of uh, worried about another American Grand Prix uh, or another race in America. And not so, uh, because that you couldn't have anything more juxtaposed or different than a street race in Miami compared to the Circuit of the Americas. And I think we all say, and as the voice uh, at the track it, at the Circuit of the Americas, I say, bring it on because it's going to be good for the Circuit of the Americas and it's going to be good for American racing and good for Formula One in America and good for Liberty, uh, expanding the sport in the biggest market of all, which is the USA, in terms of selling cars and in terms of selling blue chip products. Uh, and also, good idea, they're bringing it in October uh, and so that we hopefully will have effectively, and it's not announced yet, but uh, but we're talking you know, as near as 219, the possibility of Miami, Austin and Mexico as a sort of triumphant. And I think that will be really good for the fans to... It's the old, old story, you know. Uh, why, why, you know, things that are popular come back everywhere. You don't agree? I do not agree. Okay, then. I think uh, three races in such close proximity is uh, is going to wreak havoc on an audience member trying to attend all three that doesn't have really deep pockets. Let me go to a spring race. You know, the Canadian race comes through. I'd like to see Miami maybe follow Canada. Those mm -hmm. are pretty far apart, you know, geographically. Uh, so, you know, there there may not be many Americans or many in between that are going to attend both of those. So it may not impact either race. But to put uh, Miami and Texas against each other on the calendar, I think is going to draft some of the folks from one that might attend the other uh, because they can't take off that much time one after the other, or the expense. It's a decent argument, I'll give you that, but I have to say, I'll throw throw it back out there in terms of if I were Liberty, and I do know that this has been mentioned, uh, Miami on the East Coast uh, is the closest to Europe, so you're going to get a lot of European fans. Uh, Florida is probably the best-known location in America to Europeans and British, Germans, Italians, and Spanish. Oh, they the, were all there last year. You know, week, the flights me. to Disney World and so on and so forth. The opportunity to go to the Keys, to go on a beach holiday, because uh, it's a time of year when, when you know, frankly, uh, it's not too 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 brisk in. You know, it's, it's rather brisk in Europe. I, I actually think it, I, I'm not too worried about the American audience. They and I think it's also horses for courses. Uh, if you want to see a great race and come to the greatest venue in America, then you come to the Circuit of the Americas and you hang out with Bruno and Brittany. If you want to go, if you if you want to see Miami and you want to see something new and you want to be in Miami and feel the vibes, go to the you know go to the parties, go down to the South Beach see if you can see some uh, rock and roll stars and some uh, celebrities, then go to Miami. But I also think that um, it's also very good for viewing times for uh, Europe. Uh, and that, I think, is going to be a key for um, Liberty in the future, is to try to get where they can to make sure that the whole world, and we are in a global world now, uh, and, you know, we saw ourselves, Australia is a great race, but here in America, it's one in the morning. It's not easy. Um, so, it, you know, it, it's horses for courses. But let me ask, where else? Okay, Miami. I mean, New York, I thought would be an obvious because of the Northeast, because of the history of Formula One's interest, the Italians, Andretti, uh, Watkins Glen. I mean, there's been huge hey, interest. But but it, New York never happened. Well, New so Jersey, I mean, you're never right. happened. Uh, so I, did, I visited with that group and toured that circuit back when that was in discussion. They're... Uh, it was going to be called Weehawken, run by the Port Imperial Racing uh, Investors. Well, that was a mistake. It's, it doesn't roll off the tongue, does it, Weehawken? Weehawken. Kota well, or Weehawken. There you go. So, uh, so great course, uh, limited visibility. Like Monaco, though, it went up the side of the hill to the Palisades. Yeah, hang on, hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
Monte Carlo, Weehawken. You say like Monaco, okay? Nah, nah. I'm just talking terrain, elevation changes. Oh, okay. Uh, Weehawken did. It is in the Côte d'Azur, though, is it really? I can't do a New Jersey accent. I already know that. (laughs) Hey, you want to come to Hoboken? Okay, so, uh, but they did invest in the garage because it was going to be used by the municipality there anyway as a large parking garage right by the uh, ferry system that came from New York City across. And so uh, where the parking is very limited in that area, it works out great because the ferry delivers right there. There's uh, the complete municipal transportation system, et cetera. Fantastic there. Do I think it would be there? I liked Bernie's idea of having New York City skyline as a backdrop across the water. If you could get, I mean, there is still talk of a third possible. I mean, certainly there's room on the continent a continent of, of, of America uh, for a third. Where else would you go? Got to be California. San Diego, California. Yeah. And I, any- I absolutely agree. There's a great motorsports culture there. I know some of the guys living out there. Long Beach or not? Uh, no. Long Beach San Diego, has Indy. Been but, there, but, done but that. What, building a, lot. a purpose-built circuit? No, 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 no. Let's a street, do a street circuit. Street circuit. Let's do something back through the hills. Let's do like spa. Step out of the city. Yep, I like that idea. And but uh, be within somewhere but close, close to San Francisco, San Diego, San Diego. or LA. No, I, San Diego. I agree with you, San Diego. And and you know, Laguna has been been mentioned or was, but yeah. it, there's no way outdated. There's, way too much to come up. I love and Laguna. And they'd have to completely change it. And I know the boss there, Jill. She she yeah. she ain't gonna Jill start said, come moving. back and no. she'll let me take a lap. But uh, well, listen, too much to go there. Plenty of talk. Miami though is serious, and I think we're gonna get it. And I think it's gonna be interesting. Uh, I think we'll we'll see how it lays out. It may not get the the slot that Les thinks it will. I think it will work either way. I think think it'll certainly work in sync with um, Circuit of the Americas uh, because it is so established. And of course, as we said, Bruno Mars and Britney Spears. Anyway, don't forget. Join us on at Speedcaster if you want to get involved in the Twitter conversation. SpeedCityBroadcast.com. My thanks to Les Kaiser. John Masselgale will bring some sanity back to the show next week. I'm off to Monaco just for fun to the historic Formula One Grand Prix, which will be live on Motor Trend On Demand and MotorTrend.com. We'll see you soon. Ciao. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.